you know, because we're lacking something. Well, it's been, you know, three hours since I've ate, you know, I didn't get to do this or whatever. You know, it's like we have no control over our spirit today. And we live in a country. Think about this. And this is why I say our country is the worst. We probably have the most, we're the most, we are the most prosperous country on this earth. We have the most good things going for us on this earth. Yet at the same time, we are just the most messed up mentally. We are the most dependent on chemical substances and most dependent on, you know, food or caffeine or whatever it is. We've got to have all these things to help us cope. And then, you know, often we'll go to church and, you know, you'll hear messages on thankfulness. And the title of the message today is Choosing to be Thankful. And we think, well, I can't be thankful because of my circumstances. But I'm going to show you today that being thankful, having an attitude of thankfulness, it is not about circumstances. It is something, it's a choice. It is a choice. And if you are thankful, it is because you have, it's not just because you are just wonderfully blessed. It's because you've chosen to be thankful. And if you are not thankful today, it's not because, you know, God's just been mean to you or life's been hard for you or you've gotten a lot of bad luck. You have chosen to not be thankful. And if you're somebody that's going around and you're just down and depressed and, you know, everything's against me and everybody's mean to me and I've got nothing to be thankful for. I just want you to understand that that's your choice to feel that way. And you could do something about it, but it is going to take effort. You're going to have to be like this person who is slow to anger and is better than the mighty. You're going to have to be that person who is greater than one who taketh a city. Because there are a lot of things that are, we are surrounded by in life. There's a lot of things just in our country, and our culture, things that we're up against that are going to try to steal our joy, that are going to try to keep us from being thankful. And we've got to recognize what we're up against. We've got to figure out how to defeat it. Because I don't know about you, I want to be thankful. I want to be happy. And you know, and it's amazing that we have to preach to people and tell them, you need, you know, it's time for you to start being happy. It's time for you to start being thankful. You would think people would want that. And most people think that they do want it. You know, if, if I ask you, hey, do you want to be happy? Yeah. Do you want to be thankful? Of course. But at the same time, if you say, well, why aren't you? They're going to blame everything but themselves. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm just going to prove to you from the Bible that it's your fault if you're not thankful. So first off, look at what it said. You know, just so a few things to prove that thankfulness is a choice. First Thessalonians 5.18. We see there it says, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, we all know that verse. But notice here, this is a command for us to be thankful in everything. Now, why would God command us to do something if it's not a choice? It wouldn't make sense, would it? How can, you know, why would God demand something of us that is beyond our control? Why would he command us to be thankful in everything if thankfulness were something that just happens depending on your circumstances? Obviously, this is something that we have a choice in. Obviously, this is something that we play a part in. So he's telling us in everything, give thanks and notice this because you kind of see a theme when, it, when the Bible talks about thankfulness. So we're going to see throughout this it says, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. God has a plan for your life. 
Okay? And now understand, God's plan for our life often interferes with our plan. Because what is our plan for our life? Our plan for our life is, you know, riches and wealth and popularity and prosperity and money and, you know, you know, financial gain. And, you know, all, which are, I'm saying a lot of the same things, but that's just kind of how we think, isn't it? That's always our plan for our life. But God often has a different plan. God often wants us, he might want us to go through some very difficult times. Uh, Brother Hugo, just this morning in Sunday school is going through Romans 9 and we see in Romans 9, it talks about that, you know, the, the God who created us, he's the potter, we're the clay. He can, he has the right to allow us to go through things if it's for his good pleasure if he will be glorified, God has every right. And I'll say more about this in a little bit. I mean, to allow us to suffer and to make himself look good through that, be glorified through that. He is the creator. He can do that. And whatever situation we're in, even if it wasn't according to our plan, if we recognize that it was God's plan for us, then we would we should realize I should be thankful for this. And if God tells me, that I should do something, that means I can do this thing. And I can be thankful even if I'm in a very difficult situation and going through difficult circumstances. So turn over to Psalms 100. This is another great passage about thankfulness where we're going to kind of see a theme here. It says in verse 1, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Notice serving with gladness. That's also a command. You know, we're not, you know, a lot of people are serving God, but they're doing it reluctantly. They're doing it with a bad attitude because it's not really what they want to do. You know, why does God want me to serve in this way? I would rather serve in another way. Why does God want us, you know, to be, to go out and be soul winners and uh, sometimes make people not like us and people to get mad at us? Why can't, didn't God just call on us to just be, you know, Mr. Hip and Trendy, you know, please the community, uh, let's go do uh, surveys to find out what people want in church and just give the people what they want? You know, why didn't God call us to do that? No, that's not what God called us to do. God told, called us to follow his will, and we're supposed to serve him with gladness. We ought to be glad while we're doing it, even if it means bad things. And it says, after he says, serve the Lord with gladness, he says, know ye not that the Lord, he is God. And why is he bringing that up? You know why? Because of the fact that many people today, they forget that, and it's like they think that they are God. You know, and I, I just got a letter uh, this week from a guy. I'm hoping to talk to him soon. He he listens to my preaching. He listens to a lot of uh, preachers that are like-minded. And the, and the man's not saved. I got to meet him at a soul wedding event. He came out there. He came for the preaching. A good guy. And he's just super honest. He's super honest. He loves the preaching. He loves the preaching that we do against the reprobates because he doesn't like him either. But he's not saved. And in this letter, he was telling me how one of the reasons that he is not, you know, he's just can't bring himself to believe is because why would God, you know, make a world with reprobates in it? You know, why, why would God make a world where all these bad things are going on? Why would God allow all these things to happen? And really what this man is saying is that I don't want to believe in God because God is not like me. God is not doing what I would do. And let me tell you, there's a lot of things I would do different if I was God. And I know enough about God to know that it's a good thing that I'm not God. 
It's a real good thing because I would mess everything up. And I'm not going to get up. You know, I'm not going to go write this man back and say, well, let me explain to you why God does everything that God does. Because I can't explain it. You know, I don't know why God would make a world with reprobates in it. You know, I don't know why God did things the way he did. I've got some ideas on these things. And if I wanted, I could get up here and try to wax philosophical and tell you why God did some, does some of the things the way he does it. But at the end of the day, I really don't know why he does things the way he does it. I don't really know why he chose to save people the way he did. I would make people work for it if it was me. Yeah. I'm not going to give him nothing, give him that for free. But at the same time, you know, I could probably come up with some good ideas of why he didn't do it for free. And I, and I think I kind of know on that. But at the end of the day, I wouldn't have come up with that. I would be like everybody else and be like, yeah, you know, you know, yeah, it's it's faith without works, but you got to have the works. <laughs> you know, you know I, I would give the lip service to it, but I'd make him do something. You know that that. Yeah, that's what I would do. But at the end of the day, we are not God. And he says here, know ye not that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. God made us. We did not make ourselves. Therefore, we should probably listen to the creator over the creation. And he says, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. Now, that's a real good passage right there. But notice how the psalmist here does not explain what, you know, all right, why the Lord is good. Okay, well, if the Lord is good, how come I get sick? You know, if the Lord is good, how come people I love have died? Why doesn't he explain any of that to us? Because you know what? We don't need to know because the psalmist couldn't explain it either. But you know, the truth is, the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endured to all generations. And at the end of the day, while there's going to be a lot of things that we don't like, all we need to really know is that the Lord, He is God. It is He that has made us and not we ourselves. And God often has made us to go through different things for His glory. And that is absolutely fine. He has the right to do it. If, if I make something, shouldn't I have the right to do what I want to with what I made? You know, I, I mean, we would all agree with that. You know, don't you hate it when you, you know, you make that snowman or something and then somebody wants to come and tackle it. Okay. Now it's fun to tackle a snowman, but you know, let the guy who did all the work destroy it. And all the men I've ever created out of snow, I've enjoyed destroying. You say, well, you're cruel. You know what? I'm better than a snowman. I can do it. I and you know what? God's better than us. <laughs> and you might say that's a really weird illustration. But understand, the Creator can do what they want with their creation. And when the creation starts talking back, you know, if your snowman starts talking back, and you say that's impossible. Have you ever seen Frosty the Snowman? All right, I'm not, I'm not trying to be carnal. But listen, we are nothing compared to God. And us talking back to Him, us telling God what He should have done... I mean, we have no right to do that. And that, in our minds, should look just as stupid as something that we made, some inanimate object that we made. So well, we're not an inanimate object. We have life. Yes, but who gave us that life? You know, we have a mind. We have a will. Yes, but who gave us those things? It was God that gave us those things. And so we ought to be willing to just go through whatever he wants us to go through and to be thankful doing it. At least we're here. 
because we would not be here if it weren't for God. And, and don't ask me to just explain all the whys. I can't do it. I regularly hear about just terrible situations that people are in and terrible things they're going through. And I wish I could tell them why. I wish I could tell them what God's plan is. But I can't because I'm not the creator. But I do know that my creator has told me in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And I'm just going to continue to believe that God knows what he's doing. And, and then choose to be thankful. Look what, it, look what it says in Romans 1. So we see throughout the Bible and uh, even in the Old Testament how we were told to be thankful. And in, in Psalms 100, when, he, when he's telling them to be thankful, he reminds them how God made us, we didn't make ourselves. So enter into his gates with thanksgiving, be thankful unto him. And in Romans chapter 1, in verse 21, it says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. And so this passage here where it's talking about those who have been turned over to a reprobate mind, when it goes on and it talks about the sodomites and people like that, it said the reason that this happened to them is because that when they knew God, they didn't glorify him as God. It says they weren't thankful. In other words, they did not like what God was doing with his creation. In other words, they thought that they knew better than God. And so look what it says in verse 22. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Because they didn't like who God was, they decided, well, we'll change who God is. The creation tried to pretend that they were going to remake the creator. And isn't that what we see every day? Whenever we preach against those who don't like the fact that God made them a man and they've decided they're a female, we call them reprobates, don't, don't we? Now, what's their problem? Their problem is they don't like what the creator chose for them. And so because they do not like the creator, because they're not thankful that God made him a man or that God made him a woman, because if they're a man, they're not thankful with the fact that God made them to be with a woman and not be with another man. Because of all these things, they're not like him. They have decided, you know what? We're just going to change who God is. So now we live in a world where in our country, we've got churches that are saying God's okay with homosexuality. God's okay with transgenderism. God's okay with all these things. In fact, God's against you looking down on those people because God never judges. And God, you know, he would, he would never send anybody to hell. God would never punish anybody. What are they doing? They're changing who God is because they just don't like who he is. And the truth is, it's a fake God that they're talking about. And because of this, because they were not thankful for what God had done in their life, because they did not like who God was, and then they tried to change him, who he was, in their own warped minds, it says that wherefore God gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. This is what's amazing about these people who talk about God the way they do today, is that they do actually believe it. These people, they do actually believe that God doesn't judge. They actually do believe that God is okay with them being homosexuals and things like that. And you say, how could they think that after reading the Bible? Because they've been given over to a reprobate mind. 
You know, God's given them over to that reprobate mind. Otherwise, they might end up believing. Otherwise, they might end up getting saved. But now, because they've rejected, God's given them over to that reprobate mind, only so they will eventually be destroyed. And that is, that is now God's will for them. And notice how it started because they did not like what the Creator had done with them. They were not thankful. You know what? You ought to be thankful for who you are. If God made you a man, be thankful. If God made you a woman, be thankful. If God made you good looking, be thankful. If God made you ugly, be thankful. Okay? Hey, I don't know if y'all, y'all, a lot of people think I would be happier if I was better looking. Well, you know, there's a lot of good looking people in this world that are miserable. Looks are not going to make you happy. In fact, many of those things often just make people vain. Which is what we see here in Romans 1. They became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Some people's lives are so empty, their lives are so worthless, that they, all they care about, all they want to do, is just go around taking pictures of themselves and post them on social media. They literally live for the attention that they get, and their entire life is just all about the shape of their body. It's all about their hair, their looks, their makeup, or whatever. What a pathetic life that is. That's, that's no life to live. And you know, the truth is, there's a lot of people out there who maybe they don't have the best physical shape in the world, but they actually are enjoying life. They're having a good marriage. They've got kids that they're enjoying. They're enjoying grandkids. They're doing work for the Lord. They actually have fun. You know, but yet they don't have, because they don't have this physical shape that some of these people do. And this is what's crazy. The people who have that great physical shape are always down on everybody else. And they think they're better than everybody else. And it's like, wow, you got a bunch of people on Facebook to give you a thumbs up on your picture. But you know what? I actually live with people who love me. I think I've got you beat. Okay? Living with a family that loves you is better than having a million people who supposedly like what you do only in cyberspace. Who who cares about that? Those could be bots for all we know. <laughs> might, might, not even be, might not even be a real thing. I know some people, they are so obsessed with themselves and just looking like they're popular. And I don't really understand how all this works. But they actually go on like Instagram and, and Facebook or uh, YouTube and things like that, and they buy subscribers. You know, you can do that. You can go and you can like buy followers, and you'll see these people. They'll have in their Instagram. They've got like seven thousand followers. It's always some real even number, but then they've got like thirty likes on their pictures. You know, all, you know, all you're advertising to me. You went and bought followers. You have just revealed to me. That you are obsessed with looking famous while you are not famous. You are therefore a loser. And your 15,000 followers have just proved that. They're not even flesh and blood people. Okay, because, so, you know, this is the world we live in today, though. People are obsessed with that. And some people have that. And, you know, you might have real flesh and blood people following you, but they're not even living with you. Some of these people, they're just so vain. They're so narcissistic. No one wants to live with them. And so, uh, you know, we've got to understand that all this leads to, or this all comes from a lack of thankfulness. So that is a very dangerous thing. And this lack of thankfulness that the people had in Romans 1, God was so angry at him, God gave him over to a reprobate mind. 
So now you tell me that this, that thankfulness is not a choice. It's clearly a choice, and some are just choosing to disobey. They're choosing to not be thankful. They have decided that if they were God, they would do things differently. And yes, we would all do things differently if we were God, but we ought to at least have the knowledge, and we ought to know that God will do better than we would do. And no matter, you know, if I'd have gotten everything I ever wanted, it would not have been as, you know, it would have not have done me as good is what God wants to do for me. And so I ought to just be thankful whatever I'm going through. So another proof that thankfulness is a choice is that people throughout the Bible have proved you can be thankful in worse situations than yours. Look what it says, and we all know this passage, in Genesis chapter 50, verse 19, Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God, but as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Joseph, you all know the story of Joseph. You know all the horrible things he went through. You know how he was betrayed. He was sold by his brothers. You know how he was thrown into, uh, he was thrown into prison, how he was treated bad in prison. He was in prison for something he didn't even do. You know, he did the right thing, still got thrown into prison. Joseph, Joseph's brothers show up. Our world today would call that karma. What goes around comes around, and Joseph's brothers are about to get it. But Joseph, what did he do? Joseph forgave them. Joseph was good to them because of the fact that he realized that while everything he went through was terrible and he didn't like it, that it was part of God's plan. And he was thankful. He realized God meant it for good. Joseph understood Romans 8.28 before there was a Romans 8.28. Joseph understood all things work together for good to them who love God, them that are called according to his purpose. Joseph understood 1 Thessalonians 5.18 before it was written. And everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Joseph understood that before Paul ever wrote those words. He realized, man, this was God's will for my life. God had a plan for me, and it was to save much people alive. This saved my own family, and it, it'll, in a sense, too, it saved his life. Because he probably would have died with the rest of his family. So he, when he has an opportunity now to get vengeance and to have justice, too, you could even say, he said, forget about that. You know what? I'm just thankful for what God did. I'm just glad God was in control. And God knew what he was doing. And so, you know, I'm just going to be good to you. And that's the attitude that we ought to have. None of us have ever been through what Joseph went through. None of us have ever been what Job went through. Look at what it says in Job chapter 1 and verse 20. It says, Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. This is after Job loses everything. But Job understood that before Psalms 100 was written, that the Lord, he is God, it is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. Job understood that it was God that gave him power to get wealth before that was ever written. Job understood that all these things that he had came from God, and so in his mind, he's like, if the Lord the Lord gave it to me, if the Lord wants to take it away, I'm his creation, you know, I'm just going to do I'm going to be thankful, I'm going to say, blessed be the name of the Lord. That was his attitude, and none of us will ever go through what Job went through. 
But yet he still managed to be thankful. He did not sin or charge God foolishly. We see too uh, later in Job in chapter 2, in verse 9, let me turn over there. After Job ends up, uh, God allows Job to touch his, or he allows Satan to touch Job's body. We see, it says in verse 9, that his wife said unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What, shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? And all this did not Job sin with his lips. Job's telling his wife, he said, we, we definitely enjoyed all the good that God gave us all these years. We enjoyed that. We enjoyed God's plan for us during all, during all those years. We have no right to receive all that good and enjoy all that good and then not take the evil too. That was what Job, that was what Job said to his wife, and he still didn't sin in that situation. And so do you realize that God used Job just to prove a point to Satan? And we all know the story. We're not going to go through and read it. You have God and Satan kind of having an argument. And, you know, Satan's trying to tell God, Job only loves you because you've been good to him. Look at all you've given him. And so God, to God knew that Job loved him for the right reasons. And God, to prove, to prove a point to Satan, and I believe also to be a blessing to all of us, God said, okay, I'm going to take everything away from Job. He said, well, God has no right to do that. God just basically used Job. Yes, he does. Because God created Job. It was God that set him up with all those wonderful things. It was God that gave him all that stuff. God has power over the clay to do with it as he will. And we forget that sometimes. It's amazing, too. And I'm planning on preaching a sermon about this in the future. But it's one thing that theologians love to do, especially in the dispensation world. They love to find a verse in the scripture somewhere. And then they, like, create all these rules for God around the scripture. And then they're always going and they, they do all these twisted theological things because they've created rules for God. But they ignore all these verses in the Bible, too, where it talks a lot about how God can do what he wants. And, you know, not, well, you know, God said he was going to do something, therefore he has to. Yeah, I, I get that. But you all understand, too, in the book of Jonah, God sent Jonah in with a message, yea, in 40 days, and then it should be overthrown. And God did not put... You know, a disclaimer in there, unless you get right. That wasn't there. He just said, get 40 days and then it should be overthrown. And you know what God did? God repented. God said, I'm not going to do that. You all realize when God decided he was going to destroy the world with a flood, God said, hey, God, I'm only giving man 120 years. I'm going to destroy the world. God, it repented the war that he made man. God changed his mind about that. God said, I'm destroying everybody after 120 years. But later... It says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And God ended up not destroying everybody. God ended up sparing Noah. Boy, I, I thought he said, God can do what God wants to do. Okay, God can do, you know, God's obviously not going to go against his written word. I get that, but yet people do, they take passages of it and they try to create all these rules for God. And people are always coming up with these weird scenarios for things, and, you know, this has to be God's will. No, we don't always know what God's will is going to be, and it may be God's will for us to go through a lot of bad stuff. And if God wants us to suffer, if God wants us to die, 
He has every right to do that because we are his creation. And if he decides, I want you to die, I want you to go to prison or whatever, well, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning me. So I'm going to be thankful. Hey, God, God wants to use me. If God wants to use me to prove a point to Satan, well, that's fine. If God wants to use me to prove a point to everybody else in the world, that's fine. You know, He has the right to do that because He is the Creator, and He can do with us whatever He will. It says in Philippians two thirteen, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. That's what God, and so I don't know what that's going to be. You know, I've got all kinds of great plans, and I've got a bunch of great ideas for things that God can do for me, and things that God can do for our church and for my family, but God might want to do something else, seeing that he's actually the creator of these things. Seeing that it's God that is, is actually the one who builds the church, and not us, God may have different plans than what I have. Now, don't ever hesitate to go to the Lord and ask him for the things that you want. God wants us to do that. God, God, that's a good thing to do, but God may say, no, I would like it if this was done instead. And it may go completely contrary to our will. And even Jesus was willing to submit to that when he said, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. And so we ought to be able to do that too. And people throughout the Bible proved that you can be thankful in worse situations than any of us have been in. So thankfulness clearly is a choice. You might be going through some bad stuff right now. You might be worse off than me to a point where I'll feel bad telling you to be thankful. But at the same time, you're not doing worse than Job. You're not doing worse than Joseph. You're not sitting in prison. You're not covered with boils. You know, your entire family didn't just die except for the one that's nagging you. All right, that, that didn't happen to you. So, you know... Tell, you, know, you, you might be able to tell me how rough you've got it, but you can't tell Joseph Joe. And you definitely can't tell God how rough you've got it. You better be thankful, especially since Jesus Christ went to the cross for you and paid for your sins. Suffer the pains of death and hell for three days for your sorry soul. Don't go telling him that you've got it bad. Don't go telling him he hasn't been good to you or that you don't you, you have a right to not be thankful. You have no right to not be thankful. And so then the last thing too, you know, we see in Romans 121, notice how it says there, it says, because of when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, become vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. See, it's easy to identify why people are unthankful. It's yeah, I, I get it. I get how we're being marked. You know, things are being marketed in this world today. We are in the holiday seasons now. You know, and if you can't afford to buy your teenagers, you know, iPads and new cars and game systems, and you know, then then you just had a terrible Christmas. You know, and your kids are victims. You know, if you didn't spend seventeen hundred dollars a piece on them, right? It's just like, you know, and that's the mentality today. You know, and if you're if you're letting your kids watch all the junk on TV, you know they're going to think something's wrong when you didn't spend seventeen hundred dollars on them for Christmas, and you know they're going to they're going to end up thinking that they're a victim because they didn't get everything they asked Santa Claus for. You know, and he skipped their house this year or something. You know that that's the attitude that's the attitude they're going to have. I saw some Christian movie one time where there was this poor family that these people decided they were going to go help. And they went and they're like anonymously dropping these gifts off their house. 
you know, and of course all the kids are just coming out and all excited, you know, and it, it was like a lot of the gifts were like these practical things and stuff people need, you know, food, clothing, things like that. Now I'm watching this movie, and then the one kid, you know, he just kind of came out on the porch, he was by himself, just kind of looking out, you know, he can't see the people, they can see him, and he just kind of says thank you, you know, real emotional, sappy music, the whole thing. And I'm just, I'm watching that, I'm like, you know, do you realize that in America today, that those kids would still feel like victims with the gifts they gave them. Really practical things, clothes, you know, food. You know, they, you know, you better be dropping off a Nintendo Switch or a PlayStation <laughs> 6 or something, you know, to, if, if you're going to make kids happy these days. That is not how it works. It, you know, I remember my dad, you know, he kind of came from another generation where people were thankful for, you know, nice, you know, genuine things. And I remember one time he decided he wanted to help. Uh, these people from the bus route, there was this family that was really poor and everything. And so we were going to take them over like a $100 gift card so they could buy their kids some presents. And, you know, and I remember he, he was kind of thinking they were going to be thankful. And I remember I was thinking, oh, but this isn't going to cut it. I remember I got to go over and give it to the lady. I remember I went over to her house. She, they had way more presents under their tree than we did. And I remember I'm like going to give her this gift card, you know, so they're helping their kids have a good Christmas. And I remember thinking 100 bucks too is going to satisfy these brats, you know. And I remember I saw all those presents, and I remember she noticed me look at those presents, and she was like, "Oh yeah, my sister stopped by. She really spoiled the kids." Thinking, yeah. And, and I'm telling you, poor people these days they get more than my kids do on Christmas, and people just they're not thankful. And part of that is the marketing. We're not supposed to be thankful, folks. We're supposed to constantly be going in debt. You know, that's what we're being programmed to do. If you let your kids watch all these stupid Disney Channel shows and things like that, you know what you're going to see all the all the kids, all the 12-year-olds with on there? iPhones and, you know, they do the product placement stuff. And it's like, kids these days, they think I've got to have all these things. And, you know, normal people can't afford all that stuff for their kids. And people are thankful... But the truth is, the problem with with us, it's not that circumstances are wrong. It's not that, you know, it's not that it, there's anything legit. It's just we are focused on all the wrong things. If you're gonna sit, if you're gonna sit at home these next you know few weeks watching commercials, you're not gonna be real thankful. And the Bible says in Philippians chapter four, in verse six. It says, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Problem is, you're just thinking about all the wrong stuff. We're, we're, we're getting brainwashed by all the marketing, by all the television, and then we sit around and we wonder why we're not thankful. If you're going to watch all that stuff, you're not going to be thankful. If, you're, if your car is struggling today, you know, if you're, or whatever, you know, if you're, if, if, if you're having vehicle problems, don't go to the new car dealer looking at all the brand new cars if you can't afford it. It's just going to make you hate your car even more. That's all, that's all there is to it there. I remember, you know, I, I used to help out at a body shop, and I got to uh, work on some really nice cars when I was there, and I'd drive them around a few times, and I was just like, I never realized what I was missing. Like, man, alive. 
I could really get used to driving something like this. Or, or, or whenever I'm traveling and I use a rental vehicle, I'm always just like, this is nice. Normally, I don't feel the need to buy a new car that has all the bells and whistles and things until I'm looking at these things. You know, when we were in Arizona, that van that we were driving around, that thing was pretty nice. We were like, man, we'd be used to this thing. But the truth is, you know, that's how it's going to be with anything. You all realize there's an unlimited amount of money you can spend on anything? You know, don't go, don't go driving through the fancy neighborhoods when stuff's falling apart in your house. You know, you don't need to do anything there. So it's going to make you unthankful for your house. You know, go to the slums. You know, that, that's, that's what you know, go drive through the slums when you're not feeling thankful for your house. See, it's about what you're thinking on. It's about what you're focused on. And uh, people just look at the wrong things. And Hebrews 12, 11 says, Now no chastening for the present seemed to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yielded the peaceable fruit of righteousness, which them that are exercised thereby. Chastening... Does not, is not enjoyable. It does not feel good while it's going on, but it does produce something good, doesn't it? So we ought to be thankful for it. And the truth is, many people are, you know, they're just going through maybe the chastening time right now. You're going through a hard time, but God's going to do something good, so just be thankful anyway. And you know, it's amazing that we even need to be commanded to be thankful. But the truth is, you being thankful, it ultimately depends on you and nobody else. And when we fail to be thankful, there is no doubt we have been deceived by Satan. Anyone out there, if you are not thankful today, just understand you are in deception right now. And we're not supposed to be deceived. There's no excuse for that. We have the Word of God. And so you, what we all, if you can grasp anything from this, is just that thankfulness is a choice. If I am unthankful, if I am miserable, it is because I have chosen that for myself. And you need to get your thinking right. And it's going to take work. If you, if you succeed in doing this, if you're going through difficult times right now, and yet you're still thankful, you know what? You're better than that one that takes us in. You're stronger than the mighty if you are thankful in that situation. I'm not saying this is going to be an easy thing, but I'm, I am saying that it can be done. And you say, well, I'm not strong, but you can be because you can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness to us. Lord, help us to be thankful. Help us to enter into your gates with thanksgiving. Help us to remember that you are the creator. We are the creation. And help us to uh, be willing to... Uh, to go along with whatever every you have for us. We didn't get here by ourselves. We did not get anything on our own. Uh, you've given it all to us. And so help us to never forget that. Help us to stay focused on the right things. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, let's go ahead.